Join us on Archetypes, a dynamic podcast hosted by Megan, the Duchess of Sussex, as she digs into the labels that try to hold women back. In each intimate and candid conversation, Megan is joined by guests like Serena Williams, Mariah Carey, Paris Hilton, Issa Rae, and Trevor Noah as they delve into the roots of countless common descriptors of women, like diva, crazy, dumb blonde, and the B word, and redefine and reclaim each identity along the way. The complete season of Archetypes is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Paul F. Tompkins. I'm Lauren Lapkus. And I'm Scott Ackerman. And together we make up the show Freedom! We're comedians from Los Angeles who are also friends. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? (laughs) And on our podcast, we just chat with each other, have fun, play games. It's just a good hang. We just talk about everything that's happened in our lives ever before and up to now and what will happen next. (laughs) We see the future. So the new season's out now. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get that. Wherever. Wherever. Bye. Freedom! Lemonada. Hi, I'm Jorge, and I'm a producer here at Lemonada Media. I currently work on Our America with Julian Castro where we are constantly talking about how wild and chaotic the American political landscape feels these days, whether it's the nearly unbelievable stories that are still unfolding in the wake of the January 6th insurrection, or the wild things that candidates say on the campaign trail. Sometimes it just feels hard to know what the heck to say about politics. And at times like these, I think it's great to go back to some of the advice shared by Sarah Stewart Holland and Beth Silvers, co-hosts of Pansu Politics, on the very first season of Good Kids. They share some great tips on how to talk to your kids about these tough topics and more. Check it out. Hi, I'm Sarah Stewart-Holland. And I'm Beth Silvers. And this this is is Good... good. Oh. (laughs) And this is Good Kids. We talk politics for a living, and the question we most often get when we're out on the road is... How do I talk politics with my kids? The world is scary, and we're all full of anxiety about the future, and we feel incredibly vulnerable when our children ask us about the problems we're facing, political or otherwise, because as parents, our most desperate wish is to assure them that everything is going to be okay. But we know we really can't do that when it comes to climate change or gun violence or economic inequality. The two of us have... Somewhat similar and somewhat different approaches to talking to our kids. I think the thing we have most in common, Sarah, is that both of us want our houses to be places where all issues are on the table. You can come to me with any question. I tell my kids all the time, your friends are dumb. Don't talk to them. Come talk to me. I will tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I felt as a child a little shut down with certain family members when I wanted to talk about, quote unquote, adult topics like politics. The family members who welcomed my questions, who invited me into the conversation, who would talk politics with my little seven-year-old self are still um, beloved, still hold special places in my heart because they treated me as if my opinions mattered, that my questions were important. And that is the most important thing that I want my children to get from 
our conversations about politics in the news, which is you are welcome in this conversation and your ideas and your perspective and your questions are really important to me. Well, because ultimately, and this is something we talk about all the time, politics is not this separate container. It is part of life. It is how we live in community with other people. It's a way that we express our values. So we shouldn't treat that differently than any other complex thing that we would talk to our kids about. And I really believe that my daughters will remember more about how I answered their questions than what I actually said in response on any specific issue. So just making them feel comfortable, welcome, needed in the conversation, I think is the most important work I can do as a parent. Now, where we differ is I am not opposed to indoctrinating my children. I feel like politics is just a reflection of our values. And so I will um, very unabashedly share my opinions, political perspectives with my children. I'm not trying to stay neutral. I want to hear how they think. And I definitely ask them, well, what do you think about this? But I do not shy away from sort of sharing Um, in very passionate terms, how I feel about certain political issues. And I am really committed to making sure that my kids have room for their own opinions if they differ from mine. And so I will share my opinion, but I like for them to ask it. You know, my eight-year-old daughter is really good about posing interesting questions. And then we'll talk about sort of the spectrum of beliefs people have about those topics. And then if she says, what do you think, mom? I'll tell her. But usually I say, what do you think first? I just want her to find her own voice. I don't know that I had a lot of encouragement to come up with my own decisions about political topics from adults in my life. We didn't talk about this stuff a whole lot in my house. We talked about the news, but not about politics. But at school, I feel like I was always sort of presented with, here are the options, and there are just two of them, and they are quite narrow. Which do you choose? And I find that my daughter says such interesting things that might not fit in those parameters if I don't pull her down that path. So in our book, I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening, A Guide to Grace-Filled Political Conversations, we walk adults through the lessons we've learned by having hard conversations with each other on our podcast, Pantsuit Politics. But we really think many of these ideas apply when having hard conversations with your kids as well. And one of the first steps that we think is essential is working on yourself first. And that means really thinking through your own values, your own policy positions, And being able to admit that you maybe don't know the answer or admit that you have a very specific perspective when you start talking about these things with your kids. I think this is especially important when we're talking about really scary things for kids like climate change and school shootings, because we talk a lot about separating your emotions from your values from your policy positions. Those are all distinct things. And it's really important, especially when you're talking to kids, to explicitly name and affirm emotions, to say, that is scary, isn't it? There's this television commercial that my daughter has seen several times, and it's about climate change, and it really makes her nervous. It's fires and winds, and there's a tsunami in it, and it makes her agitated. And I always say, like, we should feel agitated about this. This is scary. And I think that's step one. It's just not step one through 15, right? It's step one. And then we say, okay, 
what values do we bring to the conversation about climate change? We want to take good care of our earth. We don't want to be wasteful. We want to show respect to our neighbors and to animals, right? And so we get into all of those things after we affirm that initial feeling of fear. Yes, a few weeks ago, I told my 10-year-old son, Griffin, that I read an article that said we should call climate change climate collapse instead of climate change or climate crisis. And he immediately burst into tears because he has such anxiety about climate change. And we talked about that. And we talked about it's okay to feel anxious. I feel anxious. And as much as I would like to tell him everything's going to be okay, we're going to sort out climate collapse, we'll get it solved before really bad things start happening to you, I I can't promise him that. And in other areas, um, particularly because of my own personal experience, I attended a high school where there was a school shooting. And so that story is so personal to me. And my kids have always known that that happened to me when I was in school. And I actually think the fact that I was so open with them and talked about what happened and that they see someone on the other side of that experience in their own parent has really dissolved some of the anxiety around the issue. I hate, truly hate that it's sort of a normal thing to them because their mom went through it. But I really think that's what's happened. And, you know, for better or for worse, that is something that they encounter a lot today in our public school systems with the drills and with the lectures and talks and the news stories. And so I think addressing that openly and honestly through my own personal story with them and being able to say, like, this is what I went through. It was really hard. I don't know the answer. I wish this was something that you were not having to deal with. And just being open and affirming not only their emotions, but sharing my own anxiety and fear and trauma with them in age-appropriate ways, honestly, has really, really helped us have an ongoing conversation about that topic. Sarah, you said something there that I think a lot of people worry about. Like, what is age-appropriate when it comes to politics? Because in a lot of ways, we wish none of this was age-appropriate. We wish the idea of someone coming into a school with a gun was not appropriate for elementary school kids. But it is where we are. And so... I know for me, when I think about what's age appropriate, I'm really thinking about what can she relate to in some way? What kind of experiences in her life could help her understand something else? What kind of vocabulary am I using here? And am I letting her guide the conversation with her questions? So if I go more than a few sentences without breaking for her to say something, I feel like I've kind of lost the plot. Yeah, I think it's really child-led. And I think especially paying close attention to the questions they are asking and the questions they are not, in fact, asking is really key. You know, it's not like I set my um, sons down when they were toddlers and told them the story of my school shooting. Um, But when it would come up, I would say when they were really little, yes, when I went to school, somebody came to my school and hurt people. And I kept it really simple. Um, And then as their questions grew more complex, so did my answers. But I really try to say, Hey, are you scared about this? Do you want to know what's going on? And sometimes, especially my middle child will say, nope, I don't want to know. And that's okay. That's fine, too. I definitely give them the space to ask or not ask questions about some of these tough topics.
Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts, behind-the-scenes segments, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through all of our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. Last Day is a show about the moments that change us. I just don't think I will ever get used to this. I'm Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and I have had one of these moments. We all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. So often kids will bring you things not related to their experience to just random. What does this mean? I remember pretty vividly the first time Jane just piped up from the backseat of our car. I think she was in kindergarten and said, what are taxes? <laughs> and we talked about how taxes are money that we pay to help pay for her school and the road that we're driving on and the firefighters that we saw at an event earlier that week. And, you know, just trying to put it again in terms that she could really relate to and also not not interrogate her on where the question came from. Just what are taxes? Cool. Normal question. Let's discuss. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think these conversations with our kids about politics are not the only place they're having conversations about politics in our government. They are absolutely talking to each other about these topics. North Korea was like a super hot trending topic at my child's elementary school for several months. They talked about it constantly in my And my oldest son in particular would come home with questions. And so just acknowledging that, you know, they absorb this stuff among their peers, among other adults in their sort of out in community settings and just knowing that it's going to come your way and to take it one conversation at a time and know that you can say, I don't know, that you can affirm scary feelings and that how your children feel when they leave the conversation is just as important as what they learned. I think one of the best examples that you can set in a conversation like North Korea, too, is to look something up together. Mm -hmm. Let's find where this is on the map. You know, any question they have that you don't know the answer to, teaching them how to find good information is better than any policy position I think that you can convey. Like, let's let's admit what we don't know. Let's be curious about what the answer is instead of just leaving it there. And then let's think through, okay, where could we go to find something helpful about this from a source that we trust? What we really want to do in these conversations is empower our kids, not just to talk politics, but go out and be involved in the wider world. And that's always what I try to keep in mind. If I can f- welcome them into the conversation, If I can invite them to think about these things and decide what's important to them and what they care about, then I truly hope as they get older, the next step is we can talk about, okay, what do you want to do about this? Is there anything that you really care about that you want to work on? Um, Community service projects, voting, getting out and registering other people to vote, running for office one day. I want to see them take part in this process, take part in our democracy And so making it a constant presence in our home, especially because um, I ran for office and served in our local city commission. So my kids saw 
um, sort of the impact of that decision and how local politics can really affect your life. I want that to be a constant stream of understanding, a constant source of conversation, a thing that empowers us to go out and do community service projects or participate in um, political marches, which I've done with my kids, so that as they grow up, they can decide and they see this sort of wide range of opportunities and options to go out there and participate in the world. I think it's really important to start early developing both in yourself and your kids a capacity for tension too. that some of these questions are really hard and sometimes there isn't a clear cut answer and you have to pick the best thing that you can when it's election time between two options that both seem acceptable. Um, This comes up for us in our house around abortion. So, Sarah, I know we've both had the experience of kid coming home from school around the 2016 election saying, I heard Hillary Clinton likes to kill babies. And so we had to have the abortion conversation a little earlier than I might have preferred. But I tried to just roll with it like everything else. Absolutely. You can ask me about this. I will tell you the truth. And so I told my daughter that I think this is really hard because I totally understand why people are uncomfortable with the idea of not having a baby when you're pregnant. Those are the words that I use. You know, you you have the baby in your belly and you decide that you're not going to birth the baby. And so a doctor does a procedure to stop the baby's heartbeat. And we talked about that. And my daughter was like, yeah, that's, that is really tough. We also talked about how important it is to be able to make decisions about your own body and to think through those decisions with your doctor and your family and how both of those things makes sense. And we have to really think about which one we value more in a democracy. And so learning early on that we don't have to make the other person the enemy, we can try to understand where everybody's coming from and then put our values to it to decide where we stand, I think is an important skill. So we hope as you sit down with your own kids, you can bring these skills, feel empowered yourself to not only share your values, but to admit when you don't know the answer, to look up the answer with your kids and to talk about their place in the larger political world and just the world in general. Thank you so much for listening today. You can find our podcast, Pantsuit Politics, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find our book, I Think You're Wrong But I'm Listening, A Guide to Grace-Filled Political Conversation, wherever you buy books. We're on Instagram at Pantsuit Politics and on Twitter at Pantsuit Politic. Good Kids is a production of Lemonada Media. It's produced and edited by Andrew Stephen. Our executive producer is Stephanie Whittles-Wax, and our music is by Dan Malad. Ad sales and distribution are by Westwood One. You can find out more about Lemonada online at Lemonada Media. If you liked what you heard, share, rate, review, say great things about us. X Mayo is a comedian, writer, producer, and when it comes to confidently managing her finances, she's a beginner. Join her on The Dough, Lemonada Media's new 10-episode podcast series as she dives into better understanding the financial trapdoors that any of us could fall into. If you've ever stayed in a bad relationship to avoid moving out costs or found yourself swimming in debt, you're not alone. Each week, she'll be exploring all types of financial flops and money myths that stand in the way of our financial freedom. On this show, Cash is Queen. We hardly know her, but we're determined to be her friend. You can listen to The Dough on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.